Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, January 12th, 2023. I'm Graham G. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. And it's been quite the week. It's been quite the week with all the news about Vince. And we talked a lot about it last week. And we're going to have a lot more to say here today. Because not only is Vince back, but Mr. Marceau back here on WrestleRant Radio today to help me break down all the news as well as Raw, Dynamite, the Jay White rumors, and so much more here on WrestleRant Radio. Before any of that, though, we're going to be hosting my exclusive interview with the MLW World Heavyweight Champion, Alexander Hammerstone. Now, this first dropped in video form over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant, last Saturday, I believe, uh, right before that night's Blood and Thunder event in Philly. A lot of MLW events going on right now. Tickets are now on, now on sale for their upcoming shows. I know they'll be in New York City in April. They have a lot of upcoming shows in the coming months. Uh, their next one being in early February. You can check MLW every single Thursday on their new TV platform. They're a great product. Um, Hammerstone is the current champion of said product, and Hammerstone is great. We talked to him all about building the brand of MLW, his current reign as champion, and so much more. Before any of that, though, you can check on new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, never miss a new interview, or rather a new episode, and potentially a new interview every single Thursday. With that being said, enjoy my exclusive interview with the MLW World Heavyweight Champion, Alexander Hammerstone. All right, what's going on, folks? Graham Jesus and Matthews here with Fanside at DailyDDT.com. Coming up tomorrow, from when we speak right now, Saturday, January 7th, Philadelphia, PA, 2300 Arena, MLW invades, MLW World Heavyweight Champion Alexander Hammerstone leading the card, man. You're going to be defending the championship. We got Johnny Mundo versus Davey Richards as well. What's going on, dude? Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Hey, man, you know, just uh, tying up every loose end before I fly out early in the morning and get ready for one of the night tomorrow night. Nice. I mean, you've been the world champion, man, for well over a year now. Has the spotlight, have you gotten used to it at this point? Like I said, it's been well over a year. You do a lot of these interviews, uh, you know, putting the spotlight on MLW yourself, these big matches you consistently deliver. Are you used to it at this point or you're still kind of getting used to it? Um, You know, well, this is, um, it, it's it was a very natural progression. You know, my wrestling career has very much been one step of the ladder at a time. It's not like I got kind of thrown into anything unexpectedly, you know, whether it was, you know, building my name up on the indies, slowly getting to new places and carrying, you know, heavyweight championships for smaller companies. And then even in MLW, there was the process of becoming the national openweight champion before moving up to the heavyweight championship. So everything's felt like a very natural progression. And, you know, being here now, um, it's not something I take for granted at all, but it is something I'm very used to. I feel very comfortable in this role. Um, and that being said, I don't want to let anyone take it from me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you've been champion for so long now, hopefully Friday or rather Saturday will be no exception. You can escape that event as well. Blood and thunder, still the MLW world champion, but it's not many people can say that they, you know, lasted an entire calendar year as a world champion. You did, you won the gold back in late 2021. It's early 2023 as we speak right now. Can you speak to your 2022? How was it reflected on a little bit? Was it what you hoped it would be? Yeah, um, you know, it's um, it, it's crazy because when you say that, like, you know, there's a lot of people like every once in a while I talk to somebody and they're like, yeah, you've been, you know, champ for a while. And they're almost saying it and with that kind of tone as if like, yeah, someone else is probably going to win it for me soon. I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it really feels like I'm just getting started. Like it, it feels like I'm in the role I'm supposed to be in. I, I, I feel like there's so much more I want to do. I feel like there's so many more uh moments and big time matches i can deliver and as far as you know 2022 it's like 
Um, I always am going to look back and want to have done more. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, 2022, for the first time I went over, uh, defended the championship in uh, the UK. I went over to Australia. You know, I did a lot of really cool things that I haven't done before. Um, not to mention, you know, some great matches. You know, I had um, my match uh, at Super Fight against Davey Richards was one of my personal favorite and one of the most well-received matches I've had yet with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel like uh, 2022 was a very good year. But that being said, um, uh, now that it's 2023, it's just time to step it up a notch. If, uh, you know, in wrestling, it's very much true that you're only as good as your last match. You know, it doesn't matter what you did last year. If you stink up, if I stink up the house tomorrow night, people are going to be eating <laughs> me alive for it, you know? Yeah, but like I said, man, you consistently deliver in the ring with all the matches that you had that weren't televised for MLW and all the ones that were, whether they be overseas or even the you know the Falls Coming Anywhere match you had with Holiday. And we have the match with EJ and Duca coming up airing soon on Fusion, which obviously happened last year for when we're talking right now, uh, consistently delivering in the ring. But not only that, you've always had this ability, but I, I just watched the promo a week or two ago when it aired on Fusion. That great promo that you cut on Anduka, which was fantastic. And you've been doing this for a while now. Do you feel like that's a part of you that people sleep on as far as your promo ability? Because you've been really, as far as the progression there, it's been ex- ex- exceptional, rather, is what I'm trying to get out of here, over the last year or so, specifically as world champion. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I really appreciate that. I always... um when it came to uh, promos and talking and kind of knowing who I was and how to present myself, Mm -hmm. I I felt that was always a strong suit I had. Um, Really um, on the run I had on the independence leading into me getting into MLW, that was one of, you know, like my main selling points was talking. Um, But of course, getting into MLW, um, I got paired up with the dynasty. So I'm in this group where you have Max, he's going to be the (laughs) mouthpiece. Um, You know, that being said, uh, you know, I always, um, I always found my time to cut promos and and things of that nature, but um, I kind of found almost like a lot of what was my drawing power with MLW. A lot of people was was gravitating them towards me um, had nothing to do with the promo stuff. So that wasn't as heavily, um, uh, you know, pushed. But that being said, now that we're in a situation where I'm standing on my own two legs with, uh, as the world heavyweight champion, I'm no longer involved in a faction. I get to have some of these big time matches, just one-on-one. I get to do these promos. I'm loving it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's always cool when someone's like, Oh man, I didn't know you could have cut a good promo. I was <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, it's cool. And I, I guess like they just thought I was, you know, the muscle guy or whatever, you know, um, you know, so it's always fun, especially when um, you create a situation like you created with Anduka, where there's some actual really good reason to fire up and have some emotion. Because mm-hmm. um, one of the really cool things about MLW is that we bring in some of these guys from other companies and other countries, even with you know Bandito and Yamato tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, as much as this match, you know, my match with Bandito is really awesome. The match tomorrow night with Yamato. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. That being said, is there going to be a, a great promo on TV leading up to that match? Well, what's there really there emotionally? It's mm-hmm. just he's a he's a great wrestler. I'm looking forward to wrestling to wrestling him. Not much to play with there. Um, so that being said, you create a situation like myself and EJ and Duca, and it's uh, it's just all the all the gasoline ready to be lit. Yeah, I feel like your reigns had a nice mix of that as far as matches that are just fucking cool, like the Bandito match, which no real buildup, you just go in there and kill it. And matches like the Induka match airing soon, the Holiday match, obviously a lot of history there with the Dynasty, as you mentioned. We've had a lot of that over the course of your reign, which is great to see. You talk about all these different opponents that you faced. Is it cool to be able to face people from different styles and countries like Yamato, like Bandito, like, you know, Richards that you mentioned? He's been in the business what feels like forever. Is it cool to be able to pick apart each of these different opponents and learn something new from each of them? Um, 100% yes. Um, not only and, and and beyond just the obvious answer, because the obvious answer is like some of these guys, like some of these are my favorite matches. And I really love wrestling them. But every once in a while, I have an opponent who I don't like wrestling. Like, I don't like their style. I don't like the way they do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, maybe I don't think they can cut the mustard on my level or whatever the, whatever the reason is. Right. Yeah. But the, that's the immature part of me speaking, you know, the mature part of me goes, you're the world heavyweight champion. If, 
if it's a bad match, it's my fault, you know, or if it doesn't flow, it's my fault. It need, mm-hmm. like, I need to be able to go in there with uh, a deathmatch guy or a hardcore guy or a technician or a guy who's mostly promos or a guy who's just a body guy who's not that good. You know, whatever, whatever you give me, I should be able to make something out of it. Um, and that's so I've really enjoyed kind of maturing into the role where it's like, you know, not everybody's going to be my ideal opponent where I get to go in there and have my favorite Hammerstone style wrestling match. Um, I I have to be able to take whatever's thrown at me and do something with it. And, um, you know, that's something that I've really learned over the last year and that I've really enjoyed. So not only do I enjoy the matches where it's like someone cool that I'm walking away, like learning something from, I enjoy the matches where I walk into it going, what am I going to do with this? You know, and, and having to learn what do I do in that situation? How do I be Hammerstone in that situation? And hopefully create a match that people don't walk away from going, Oh, that was the shits. You know, (laughs) is there any match like that? That's a prime example of that. That comes to mind from the last year that you were walking in thinking, I don't know how well this is going to go, but then you walk away from it thinking that was actually a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, you know what? I I think that when the EJ and Duca match airs, that's going to be something like that, you know, because that was a match where it's, um, I'm you're leading up to, I'm just like, I haven't seen a lot of EJ, you know, a lot of people are really hyped up on him, but a lot of what he's done is beating the crap out of a guy who's five foot five in three minutes and hitting, you know, (laughs) four, you know, hitting a bunch of power moves on him. And it's like, so what's, how's that going to play out in a main event level match? Um, And, you know, I think when people watch it, they're going to get a main event level quality match, you know? Um, And that's, um, but even, you know, more so than MLW, MLW, is a pretty good ground of high caliber talent. So mm-hmm. even when I'm wrestling someone who isn't necessarily my style or my um, my typical, like, you know, we're going to gel well together, it's a high level of talent regardless. You know, whoever's in there is good at what they do. Um, more so than anything, it's, it's the indies where, you know, sometimes the job is to polish up a turd, but <laughs> I digress. <laughs> You mentioned that great talent pool that MLW has, everyone that you've faced, everyone that's coming in like a John Morrison, like I said, to work uh, this coming show coming up on Saturday, Blood and Thunder. What, in your opinion, as the world champion, what do you see being currently MLW's identity as a platform that, you know, breeds stars, that stars come back to a little bit of both? Because obviously, Max, you mentioned the current world champion in AEW. A lot of people have come out of AEW or MLW, excuse me, gone on to bigger platforms in WWE, AEW, and so forth. But there's been a lot of people from those companies that have come over as well. So is it a mix of both? Like, what do you see being, in your opinion, the identity for MLW as the world champion? Yeah, I mean, so it was a, it's been ever since I stepped foot in, that's what it was. There was a group of guys that were like the guys that they're, they're cooking. And it's like, some of them are going to turn into something and some of them aren't. And so some of the guys move up to the higher level within the company and some guys get released. Um, and that's, it's part of the business model, right? MLW mm-hmm. is a lot of the times it's given opportunities to guys who it's the first big opportunity they get. And sometimes it's, um, it's like, Hey, here's what we can offer you. It's not the world, but it's an opportunity. Show us what you got within the next two years or the next year, whatever it is. Maybe we'll extend this contract. Maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe it won't. And sometimes, you know, that pans out and you get guys like me and Richard holiday who, you know, got our first opportunity here. And now we're grown into guys that people are talking about who's going to be the first company to steal this away. You know, <laughs> yeah. Same thing with, same thing with Jacob Fod too. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, when I first came in, you had a couple guys who had already, you know, been with the, the big major companies who had already toured the world, who had already been to Japan um, and they're, they're now back in MLW or at the very least they're coming in for some appearances. And, uh, well, you know, one of the coolest things is the fact that a lot of the times when you have a company that has these appearances where it's like, Oh, this guy's coming in for a title match where it's like, well, you know, that guy's, they're not doing anything with him. So it's not like he's going to win the title. He's not even under contract. Oh, yeah. That's not true here. We had it's guys not. like Tajiri, Tajiri came in, won the title, or Shun Skywalker came in, yep. won a title. Um, so you really never know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes 
we get these guys that it's, you think it's going to be a one-off appearance and then they end up getting a run in the company and it's sometimes really surprising. Um, but yeah, it has, it is definitely a mixed identity of both, but I think both parts are equal important because it's the credibility and the tenure of those guys who have been around and who have been stars that help develop these younger people into having more of an identity in the business. Yeah, no, for sure. And especially on platforms and weekends where MLW hosts, I mean, obviously this is an independent event coming up on this weekend where it's not attached to like a bigger pay-per-view, but I go back to my first in-person MLW show, the Mania Weekend show that you guys did last year in Dallas. Great show, three-way match for the world championship. Yourself, Mads Kruger, and uh, Jacob Fatu. Terrific match. And for people that weren't aware of the product that either weren't watching or had never been to an MLW before, MLW show before, you guys bring a different vibe than any other promotion out there, which speaks volumes because there's a lot of wrestling out there. Like, how difficult is it for you as the world champion of this promotion to really stand out when there's just so much great wrestling out there? But I still feel like you guys do that so successfully in a different way, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, for me, it's just, you know, luckily I've kind of found out who I want to be, how I want to present myself, yeah. you know, obviously, obviously I'll take some direction I'll take some advice, but if I feel strongly about something that's like, I don't think this works. I don't think it's me. I don't want to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to speak up, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that's become really important. And I, I have a very good relationship with the boss and he, he, you know, he'll say, what do you think? You know, tell me what you think, you know, and sometimes we'll, it's like, I'll just grab a production guy and go, Hey, uh, get with me. I, I want to cut a promo. And he goes, well, he checks his papers for what? I was like, for this match. He's like, Oh, we don't have one. For I was like, well, I want to make one. And then sure, sure enough, that's what's on TV because it's like, no, 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 this is what we need to do. This is like the talent is given some very much given creative freedom for the guys who want to be productive enough and uh, kind of take the ball and run with it. It's like, okay, then take it. Um, and I think that's a very important aspect of what we do. Um, and I, I can't say for everyone else, but for me personally, it's not getting caught up. It's not getting mm -hmm. caught up in like, Oh, this is what this guy's doing or that guy's doing. Um, you know, it's good to pay attention. It's good to be aware, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to get bent out of shape every time someone compares somebody else to me or says this guy's better or this, what they did is cooler. It's like, okay, well, that's a great opinion. But if I got sat there and tried to overanalyze every one of those opinions, yeah. then I'd be too petrified to even wrestle. <laughs> Are those opinions from fans you're talking about? Like other talent? Who is that specifically? Other fans? Yeah. I mean, yeah, social yeah, media yeah. kind of, yeah. It's, it's the social media game. And yeah. it's, of course, it's, it's the the negative wrestler bias that we have where <laughs> we could um, we could see, you know, a hundred people talking about how great the match was. But then we see the one person saying it was the worst, worst match ever. And for some reason, that's the comment that we yeah. remember. It's just know? human nature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, exactly. And you see a lot of that. You just got to have to tune that stuff out. And it's difficult with social media, but you got to do as good of a job as possible. But on that note, as we head into the show on Saturday, Blood and Thunder, last question for you, Hammer. You look at this match with Yamato. Should be a great match, no doubt. Uh, obviously, you got to walk out as world champion. It's not a matter of if you must walk out as world champion. In MLW right now, you talk about all the talent coming into the company, free agents from all these other promotions. So I guess this could be a potential answer. But what do you see of everyone on the MLW roster right now being the biggest match for you as champion? Is it that upcoming rematch at some point with Fatu? We never got that part two from when you beat him about a year and a half ago. He won that uh the Battle Royal, the Battle Riot last summer. So that's coming at some point. Is it that match? Is it someone else on the show? Or is it someone else from another promotion that we're not even thinking of right now? You know, there's so many things that I think are potential exciting answers because it's like, you know, this match with Yamato just is the beginning of a relationship with Dragon Gate and the yeah. guys that they have over there. I've been watching so many of the matches over there lately, just, you know, thinking about the possibilities is really cool. You know, and then Morrison, Sam Adonis, Willie Mack, all guys that are new stepping into MLW that I've wrestled elsewhere and had incredible matches with. And all those guys our main event caliber guys like without even having to be developed it's so there's a lot of exciting possibilities but i think the only real answer right now is what you said it's myself and jacob fatu because anytime you see someone talking about mlw there's two names that are very synonymous with the company um trying to remove my ego and just be realist <laughs> about it that's myself and jacob and yeah. 
what where where one and one a and you could argue who's who's one and who's one a um but if you're picking two guys from the company right now i'd say 99 percent of people are picking the two of us um the rematch is gonna happen he won battle riot um so it's just a matter of when um hopefully i guess i have to beat yamato before i get to yep. say i'm gonna be the one defending that championship against him um but that being said i think that's the biggest uh the biggest uh, round we have in the chamber right now. Um, it's guaranteed to be an incredible match every time we do it. Um, hopefully I, I make it through it this time without snapping my ankle. In half. <laughs> <laughs> and the match the first time around was great. And so, like you said, to make it through the rematch, hopefully if we get it, which I'm sure we will, if you can get it through that one without getting injured, I'm sure it's going to be even better. So it's scary to think how yes, much sir. more you guys are capable of come that time. But like you said, you got to get through Yamato first. That's coming up on Saturday, like I said, January 7th at the 2300 Arena MLW World Heavyweight Championship in Philly. Tickets are available right now, MLW 2300 dot com hammer this was a great time i thank you i appreciate you and uh also by the way not only congrats on the rain but i love the episode of talk as jericho you and chris did about six months ago great stuff so for more people that can check out your story people could check out that podcast too awesome thank you i appreciate that plug there brother absolutely man take care have an awesome one i'll catch you down the road all right take care brother Big thanks again to Hammer for the time. Great time chatting with him for the first time ever. My first time interviewing the MLW World Heavyweight Champion, Alexander Hammerstone. Um, the interview, like I said, is available right now in video form on my YouTube channel from last Saturday, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant. And it will also soon be available in article form over on DailyDDT.com. Now, with all that out of the way, let's move on to the big meat and potatoes of today's episode. The talk of Vince McMahon not only being back in WWE, which we discussed last week here on the show, but also returning as the executive chairman of WWE and Stephanie McMahon resigning and the rumors heating up of a potential sale. Mr. Marcel, you're back here on WrestleRant Radio. You're gone for two weeks and the entire wrestling world goes to shit. What the fuck did you do? I haven't done anything. You went solo Sokoa on me last week, and then the wrestling world just died. I don't know. It's crazy. You take one week off from the show, and just everything goes to shit. And I talked about this last week, but I didn't record. Usually, obviously, as we are right now, we record earlier in, in midday on Thursdays. Because we didn't speak last week, I waited to record until later on on Thursdays. And as we always say, the shit always hits the fan, as it probably will today, after we hit record on Thursday evenings, Thursday night. And that is exactly what happened last week with it being announced that Vince McMahon not only wanted back in on the board of directors, but that it was looking likely he would be added back in. And he was less than 24 hours after that Friday morning made official Vince McMahon back on the board of directors. And I was going to come on here today and ask you about that, get your thoughts on it. But that's not all. Not only is he back on the board of directors. As of Tuesday, he's the executive chairman again. Stephanie McMahon has resigned, and now there's all this talk of the company selling to Saudi Arabia. We'll get into the whole exaggeration with that, the false information surrounding that situation. But, man, the entire wrestling world has been flipped upside down in the last seven days, Mr. Marceau. It's wild. Dude, it was Monday night, or was it Tuesday night? Whatever night it was, it was bananas. It was crazy. So let's get into it. I mean, I haven't really... The Vince McMahon coming back stuff, I kind of already said my piece on that last week. My thoughts on that haven't really changed, and the stuff that happened in the last couple of days hasn't really changed my thoughts on that. I don't think Vince coming back is a positive, and I went into great detail about this to a certain extent on Wednesday's hashtag, so I won't repeat myself here too much, but the bare bones of it is this. If Vince in an ideal world, and I'll get your thoughts on this in a second too, if Vince in an ideal world just came back to help with the you know, selling of the company... Because I've been asked a lot about this, and we've talked a lot about this over text. I think it's a positive, because obviously he's had a lot of success on the business end of wrestling with WWE for so many decades now. The problem is that he's problematic, and he's a liability to them. And there's also apparently more stuff to come out about Vince that hasn't even been released yet, per that report that the board of directors sent to him um, late last year, earlier this year. And I say earlier this year, it's only January fucking 12th, but like a couple of weeks ago. Basically saying it would not be unanimously, in their opinion not in the best interest in the company for him to come back. But the guy doesn't care. He's an egomaniac and came back anyway. And not only is he back, he's back as the executive chairman and Stephanie is gone. Another board of, you know, other directors, people on the board have resigned as well. So he brought back uh, George Barrios, Michelle Wilson, who he actually let go of three years ago. But they were instrumental in the rise of the network and worked very closely with Vince for a very long time before he let go of them three years ago. Um, they're back on the board. 
We still have Triple H on the board, thankfully, as well as Nick Khan, um, the CEO, the sole CEO of the company, Triple H, still in his respective role as well, that as as of right now, anyway, has not changed. But it's crazy, man, how much can change in such a short span of time, especially with us thinking, oh, it's so much better, Triple H is, you know, here to stay, it's his company, but now Vince McMahon is running things again. How does this, as far as the weekly product goes. There's a lot that we can break down here. I don't think it's a positive having Vince back in that role because I don't think he can help himself and wanting to assume or resume his role as the head of creative. I don't think he can just be back as the head of the company from a business standpoint and not want to own everything else. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I mean, it just really, I, I, I guess my real question is like, why are they trying to sell the company to begin with? I guess that's my first question. And then I mean, if he just stays out of the way, then I really don't care. But like like you said, I think if he comes back, he's going to want some kind of creative role and it's just going to unfortunately ruin the product. Like you said, we've talked about it recently. It's not like the product – it is better. It's not like it's amazing. But I feel like once he comes back, we'll get like Dance and Shanky again and terribleness. So <laughs> hopefully if they're just planning on selling it and he wants to be in charge of selling it since he technically owns the company, I, I mean, I definitely understand that aspect. Like – if you own the company, I think you'd want to be in on talks to sell the company. Like I said, I, I really don't understand why they're selling the company. And mm-hmm. kind of, I don't really get that, but uh, hopefully he's not coming back for any creative reasons because I, I, I don't know if I can, I can, I can deal with another. I can deal with that right now. It's pretty yeah, brutal. But it goes back to what I was just saying a moment ago, and it kind of contradicts itself in that I was, you know, like we know, Vince wants to control everything, which is what the case was a year ago when he was still in charge of everything. He's the executive chairman again, but, like, he was still running the shows weekly. He was the, you know, be-all, end-all of this company. Uh, the end-all, be-all of WWE was Vince McMahon. He's not the head of creative for now. That could change even come the Rumble. That could change today. It could change tomorrow. We still have no idea. But I guess it begs the question. You said you, you yourself that you don't know why they need to sell. I don't know either, so I really can't offer much insight on that. Um, going private again, I don't know if that would be in their best interest or whatever as far as like shutting off the stocks and whatever. Um, if Vince McMahon really wants to control everything, why would he sell to a, you know, to a Comcast or Saudi Arabia, their government, whatever? Why do you think... They would, he would want to sell to them if he wants to own everything. Maybe the idea would be, and again, the Saudi stuff we'll talk about in a moment, but if he sold to them or another company, Endeavor was another one people were talking about, they own UFC, Dana White still runs UFC. So do you think if he was to sell to another company like that, he would still be able to run the company without that being changed? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, technically that's what would kind of be, yeah, like, when they're for Tito's and Dana White sold the UFC, he's still technically like the president of the UFC. So, like, he's still, like, the face of the company. I mean, obviously, he's not run, the owner, but, like, he's still, like, the face of the company. So, I guess, in a sense, he could still be the face of the company, even if he doesn't own it. Like, he'll be, like, the figurehead in charge, unfortunately. Dana, White's, <laughs> Dana White's got his own issues right now, too. Yeah, he's too busy beating his wife. What are, what are the odds that he would be involved? What he did, obviously, was not you know, it should not be commended or whatever. Obviously, it's not good. But the idea of the video of him slapping his wife coming out right before he has a slap league coming out, I mean, that's just... That, that is almost something that you would read on The Onion or whatever. No, yeah, that was funny. Not that it's, like, so not that it's funny. Yeah, that's just crazy. That, just, what an the idiot. Timing was just, the timing is what's funny. Like, he literally was going to have that slap league start on... I think it was supposed to be this week on TBS, and they pushed it back. I don't know. I heard rumors they might never do it anymore, but uh, no, that's just like, it's like karma, kind (laughs) of. What an idiot. But anyways, back as far as the sale goes, um, you know, we mentioned before we hit live here that it was reported late last night, earlier today, Tony, not Tony Khan, God forbid, Nick Khan met actually with Bob Iger of Disney, and the name escapes me right now, but the president of ESPN, which is obviously owned by Disney as well, um, I guess it comes down to this, and I asked this in hashtag, this was the general question. If they do sell, and there's nothing indicating they will, who do you think they'll sell to? I know the Saudi Arabia rumors heated up on Tuesday. People thought the You thought wrestling Twitter was probably going to end based on the tweets that we were reading on Tuesday. It was just beyond ridiculous. It's probably better to wait and see as opposed to jumping into anything because certain sources will say certain things. 
and I understand that. I mean, I'm not in the news. I'm not on the front desk. We joked about this the other day. I'm thankfully not involved with that shit at all, and I'm so happy about that. But <laughs> I, I don't need my reputation in the mud. I mean, I even got shit on for the Sasha stuff a little bit, but thankfully that ended up being proven true because I know it was a fucking fact because I don't have sources. My source was my fucking brother. But anyway, um, as far as the uh, other stuff goes, you know, the sources were telling these news outlets, oh, it's official. Well, obviously, it's not official. It's not official until it's official, and it wasn't official. So, to outright, it's all about the wording, dude. There were a couple of people out there, you know, we've given him crap before, but people like Meltzer. Sean Ross Sapp is is very good at the reporting stuff, and he never said that it was official. It could be possible they're in talks with them, and the talks even possibly happened when Vince wasn't there um, as the executive chairman. I don't even know if that's possible. I mean, I guess it is if he's a majority shareholder of the company. Um... But yeah, it's just, I don't think the Saudi stuff is really legitimate right now. It could end up being the case. But even if it is, how does that affect WWE? We were wondering that as well. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, I mean, wrestling Twitter melted. And it was honestly amazing to watch these people like have an absolute aneurysm. When there was just rumors at the end of the day, I mean, obviously it still could be in talks. But like like you said, some people are like, yeah, it's done deal. But like you said, Sean Rousseff's usually really good with, like, the reporting. He was just like, I've heard the rumors, nothing confirmed yet. Like, it's something that might be in talks, but don't, like, take it to the farm. And people are freaking the F out. Um, but, I mean, I think we discussed this before we got on the call that, or kind of started the record button here. Like, I think whoever buys them would probably be, like, a, I thought it'd be, like, either a Disney, NBC Universal, or Fox. Like, they're the ones, like, the media rights are coming up. That's why they're they've been basically saying they're going to sell because like the meteorites are coming up. It's like a hot time to sell. I guess I'm not in the business world, but that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So you would think that whoever buys them would then like basically own the product. And then they, they wouldn't have to worry about any meteorites because they could use their said broadcast or their platform to, to, to stream it or to air it on their own network. So I, I think either a Disney like ESPN Plus or like Peacock or NBC Universal and Fox would be the ones to buy just because it'd make the most sense. Like they'd be getting more out of it. Like Saudi Arabia buying it, it's like they're paying for it, but then they would have to pay, then they would have to find someone to broadcast it and that's mm-hmm. like a different thing. So I don't know. I think, I think when the dust settles, I think one of those broadcasting companies or like one of those networks will be the ones to buy them. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, I guess the prediction also is, do you think they sell? Do you think they will, yes or no? Because I think at this point, the rumors have heated up so much, I'd be surprised if they said no, but I was also going to be surprised if Vince was back in 100% power the way that he is right now. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. least, you know, I don't know. I think they're going to sell. I mean, they, when they brought Nick Khan in, the whole, they basically said he was from, from like, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, he's more of the business minds. So, like, they said they basically brought him in to kind of, like, start the sale process. So, I, I think with him now, the the, the the big dog, the CEO now, I think they're going to go forward with some kind of sale. Yeah, I think so too. And obviously, like you said, the timing is everything. And the, the reason why they're looking into it now, they were working with J.P. Morgan apparently reportedly on the you know kind of process of selling the company and whatnot. It's not going to happen overnight. So the Saudi stuff was completely overblown. I mean, again, not to say that it won't happen. There's a chance that it very well could. But that's not to say that it 100% will happen until it happens. I mean, they, they're a fucking public company. They can't just sell overnight the way that they are without letting certain shareholders know and networks and stuff like that. It just doesn't work like that. So um, I think they will end up selling. I think Comcast would make the most sense, NBC, whatever, because they're already working with them with Raw airing on USA, NXT airing on USA, SmackDown could very well go back to uh, USA, or, you know, which I forgot about until you mentioned it earlier, um, SmackDown can go to NBC instead, which I feel like would be the right move. Because to take it from the biggest network that SmackDown has ever been on, or really any wrestling show that WWE's ever had in the last 30 years anyway, to go from Fox back to SmackDown, or, or I'm sorry, back to USA on Fridays, where they're probably only going to pull in a million and a half people, whereas now they're doing really over 2 million viewers every single week, would be very fucking dumb. Um, you know, they wouldn't have that football leading isn't that really what smackdown has helped I mean, benefited from the, the football tie-in i mean did, would they have that with nbc or would does that have football too i mean you could shed more light on that yeah i mean they have Sunday night football i mean so, but it's not as like they don't have as much as an audience i don't think like i don't think they promote it as much as fox does like okay. fox a lot like even like on that like fox broadcast the first half of the season for nascar and like they'll they'll plug like smackdown mm-hmm. for the 
for that week, like on on NASCAR. So I think Fox does a better job plugging it than than NBC does. Yeah, which is weird because NBC has been working with them for so many years. But I I agree. I mean, I don't really watch obviously football and stuff like that. But anytime NBC or rather Fox is on. Um, at places that I'm at, I always see a SmackDown commercial, and they're always promoting it during the actual events. They've had people from WWE at the NASCAR stuff. I mean, again, you would know. So, it, I mean, I think I would hope they stay on Fox, but I'm not sure how likely that is at this point. I'm not sure what that relationship looks like, but it's going to be a very interesting situation to continue to follow going forward. We'll probably make this a weekly thing with more stuff coming out by the day. Um, did you see that report yesterday that one of the shareholders is actually threatening, if not actually going through with a lawsuit on Vince, uh, with basically what we all assumed that he forced his way back into the company illegally kind of making the board. Cause they all said that they don't want him back, but then somehow he's back and his daughter's gone. I mean, that's not a coincidence. So, I mean, did, did you see that whole thing? I don't really think it's yeah, going to change anything. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I saw a thing that was like, yeah, he needed approval to come back, and they literally like universally said no, and he just showed back up. <laughs> I just—it's such a Vince thing. It's crazy. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. I'm coming he back anyway. He showed back up, fired like five people he hated, and he just showed back up. He fired like, one of the, or he maybe yeah maybe not fired or kind of like forced to resign. Um, the guy that led the investigation, and I think it came out in a press not a press release, but one of those. And it wasn't like a dirt cheat thing anyway. It came out like on an official website. The people that resigned from the board last week were not in favor of Vince coming back. <laughs> and that's why they're no, not one there. Of the guys, like, the lead, one of the guys that stepped out was like the lead investigator. Yeah. And, like the fucking Vince stuff fucking backed out. I'm like, classic. <laughs> it's no coincidence, and I've said this multiple times. I'm sure there's more than what we know, obviously. But I mean, I'm sure it's no coincidence. That at two different times in the last 365 days, Stephanie has said, no thanks, I want nothing to do with this company as long as Vince is there. Has she said that publicly? Obviously not. She's not going to. I wouldn't expect her to. But she probably either knew about the allegations or knew something was coming before that whole Vince thing went down last year, which is why she took a leave of absence. That whole thing came completely out of nowhere when Triple H was kind of already back in the fold. But for her to leave when she did was very weird. They kind of buried her on the way out. And then the Vince thing happened. She sucked back in. She's the co-CEO or the you know the interim chairwoman. And then she becomes the actual chairwoman. And then after that, she just up and leaves. So you're telling me this job was like too much for her. And she's like, you know what? I think I'm good after this. I mean, knowing that her father was back into the company. I mean, I, I need to read like a tell-all RF video shoot interview with like the fucking McMahons. Because this shit is crazy. I hear it's like the succession show, but I haven't watched that. Yeah, I need to say it. It's crazy. This whole thing is a, is a mess, but it will be interesting to follow. And listen, at the end of the day, I, it goes back to what you said, and I can't agree more. Regardless of who they sell to, if they sell it all, or regardless of what happens, even with Vince being back as the chairman, I think that sends a bad message. I don't know how many networks are going to want to continue to work with them if Vince is back in the fold, because he is, again, he's problematic. He's had issues um, even as recently as last year. So it's not like this was from 30 years ago or whatever. They have kind of been scattered out throughout the decades. Regardless of what happens, I just want the product to be as good, if not better than it is. We do not need to go backward. We do not Vince. We do not need Vince running the shows. We don't need maximum male bottle models back in a, a prominent role in the show. We don't need Regal coming back as the vice president of global talent relations or whatever it is, talent development, and then getting fired a week later because he realized he was back on the payroll. We don't need that shit. So hopefully this all works out for the better. But with Vince, you can never really tell. It's worst case scenario with him right now. He's a fucking egomaniac. Um, hopefully the good prevails here and this ends up being a positive story, but we won't really know until we know. And I can't really sit here and make judgments and I can't ask you, Oh, what does this mean for Bray Wyatt's push? I have no fucking clue, dude. I do, none of us really know until it happens. I'm not going to waste my time 30 minutes talking about that shit. If, um, we don't know if it's actually going to happen. Vince may not be back in charge of creative. If he is, we'll be the first ones to talk about it next week or whenever it happens. But until then it's kind of a, a wait and see approach, which, uh, you know, we, we're just going to have to force to do right now. But anyway, back on to lighter note. We had a Raw and Dynamite this past week uh, on Raw, uh, rather on Monday and Wednesday respectively. I thought Raw was fine. I actually really liked Dynamite last night. Um, before we get to any of that, though, I do want to mention this before I forget. Speaking of WWE and AEW, this also came out on Tuesday but was buried amongst everything else that was reported on Tuesday with the Vince and Stephanie stuff. Jay White reportedly going to becoming a free agent very soon. Um, WWE, AEW both very interested. WWE apparently... I guess their mindset, according to Fightful Select, was that it's a done deal that he's probably coming in. Not a done deal, but in the sense that they feel like they've got him. 
They don't really have to fight for him. They feel like as soon as he's done in New Japan, he's coming over to WWE, which I'm not sure if that's 100% you know, guarantee or not. Um, he's not even done with New Japan quite yet. He might even end up staying. He might field some offers from both promotions and then go back to New Japan. At this point, though, I don't follow New Japan consistently, but I know I keep tabs on what's going on. He's won the world title twice. He just lost it to Okada. He's been the Intercontinental Champion. He's held all the titles over there. He's peaked as far as what he can do, and I don't really know what more he can do. I know he's doing the whole Bullet Club thing. That shit peaked years ago. Um, there's really there's no real reason to continue to stay in New Japan if he can grow elsewhere. And again, according to that report, he wants to wrestle in America. He was in Impact very briefly last year, but Jay White's as big of a star as he is, and he wasn't signed to Impact full-time. He had a great run there, though. Um, Jay White is going to WWE or AEW. And it's not just being a WWE shill or whatever. I think of the two companies, honestly, I think WWE is the better fit. Because in my opinion, if he goes to WWE and it doesn't work out, AEW would hire him in a heartbeat. If he goes to AEW and he gets lost in the shuffle, I'm not sure if WWE would want him at that point because he won't have his stock as high as it is as, as it is right now. I feel like, not that it's now or never for Jay White and WWE, he can always go down the road, but I feel like he's at his peak right now. He might be either late 20s, early 30s. I got to look it up, but he's a star on the rise. I feel like WWE, in my opinion, is the better fit. They also need stars. AEW, not that they don't need stars. They lost Punk, presumably, but, you know, Adam Cole's back. Kenny Omega's back. All these other people are on the top of the card. Hangman's healthy. Moxley's still there. They have Jericho. Ricky Starks is on the rise, among other people. Jack Perry, Wardlow. They have a lot of people. I don't really think they necessarily need Jay White, in my opinion. It would make storyline sense for him to go there and resume stuff with Cole and uh, the Elite and shit. A Cole and Jay White feud sounds awesome, especially now that Cole's back as a babyface. But I just feel like WWE's the better landing spot. What do you think? Yeah, I know. Like you said, I don't want to be like a WWE shill, but just with who WWE has and who AEW has, I feel like if he went there, there's a good chance he'd get lost in the shuffle. They just have so many people they're not using now. Um, that should be at like a main level. Um, and I think going to WWE would be the better choice. Uh, he's 30 years old. He just turned 30. So, um, it's not like he's old, but he's not a spring chicken as well. But, uh, no, I, I, I think he, this is like the hottest he's ever been. Like he did have buzz for a while, but I think at least for me, like this is definitely the most I've heard of him. Uh, I think going to WWE probably, like you said, I think if he went to WWE and just didn't work out, I think he could go to AEW or either back to New Japan. But the vice versa, if he went to AEW and they just never use him, I feel like WWE would just move on to the next guy. So I think it's worth a try. And I think going to WWE right now, especially with the mindset, is like they do have their stars, but they do need other big players. I think mm-hmm. he, he could fit in, like, especially with Cody coming back. Like him and Cody could definitely like be like the next crop of guys that could kind of they could infiltrate in like the, the main title picture because they really don't have that many big names right now. Yeah, I feel like there's it's a, it's a case of uh, three different categories I put the people in right now in WWE. There's the people that have already been there, that are there right now, like the Rollins, the Romans, Cody's back, so I would put them in that category. Um, you know, People that are on the roster right now. Category two is the people in NXT. I mean, obviously Dragon Lee is not an NXT superstar. I don't know, hopefully he's starting soon. They signed him two weeks ago. I haven't really heard much since. Um, I'm surprised they haven't aired anything on NXT about that because that was a big thing when it happened two weeks ago. But, you know, they had the... I'm talking like the Braun Breakers, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller. I think those people are like the future of the company. Women, too, like Roxy or Roxanne, rather, Perez, Cora Jade. Even in Tiffany Stratton, honestly, I think could probably be a future star for them uh, with the right development and the right push and whatnot. Those people will be the future in time. They're not quite there yet. There's other people, though, which is the third category from other promotions you can bring in right now and can be a top star. You're not going to have your entire company centered around people from other promotions. That's what NXT was for a very long time, and that's fine, and it was a great show. But you need a little mix of everything. And I think Jay White coming in, you have easy feuds right off the bat with Cody Rhodes. Him and Rollins, I think, would be fucking awesome. Um, him and Roman would be cool, but I feel like Jay White would have to come in as a heel, in my opinion. Keep the Switchblade stuff, keep... Everything about his look, name, uh, persona, everything, gimmick, nickname. Um, I, I don't know what this changes, though. Going back to what we said earlier with Vince, I assume if Triple H stays in charge, he can still go there. 
But I feel like, honestly, I know he's not as big of a name as AJ Styles was in the sense that AJ was a world-renowned name in TNA for well over, like, 15 years before he went to WWE. Jay White hasn't had that longevity. But honestly, it kind of gives me AJ feels where I feel like if he goes to WWE, he can have a similar run and be booked just as high at, at that similar level. Yeah, that's actually a really good comparison, I think. And like you said, I feel like they need that guy right now. Um, like, I like AJ, but I, oh, he just got hurt, too. So yeah. I feel like he could definitely, they could kind of like slot him in right now with the AJ spot. Um, like I said, go for the main titles if they eventually get him off, both off for Roman, hopefully. But uh, no, I think he could, like, right now, especially with AJ out, he could be like that AJ Styles for the, the immediate future. And then honestly, he could probably even lead into an AJ feud. So. Um, no, I, I, I just think WWE is the right move, but I guess we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I don't know when the contract expires specifically. Um, I'm not sure if it's the end of the month. I'm not sure if a Rumble appearance is out of the question. It probably is. Um, I feel like if it was within reason, then it would have been reported on from Fightful when they talked about it a couple days ago. Um, I know he, you know, his contract's up soon. You know, we didn't talk about it last week. I think I talked about it um, myself, but Hikaleo, who is the son of King Haku, of Haku, he could be WWE bound soon, as well as Tamatanga from the Bullet Club as well, or formerly of the Bullet Club. He actually just beat Carl Anderson for that never open weight championship, so they're just taking the champions one after another. And Hikaleo actually went for the title a couple of months ago, so anyone involved with that title scene, I guess, they want in WWE. I think they would be two good pickups, and them against the Samoans, because I, I forgot what their are they Polynesian? I, I don't remember what their uh like, you know, their background and stuff like that. What'd you say? Is it like their lineage? Yeah, their lineage, yeah. I'm not sure where they fit into the whole thing. I, I know they're not, you know, related to the, the Roman and the Usos and stuff like that, but um, kind of getting them involved with that sort of stuff, opposing them maybe would be pretty cool. But anyway, time will tell as far as that goes as well. We move over to Monday's Raw, which I thought was a fine show. I know you said it was a, a solid show as well. Um, just to bring this up real quickly before we get into the, you know, the actual specifics of the show... Just to reiterate what I said before we hit record here, which I think is important to keep in mind, these shows, while they haven't been overly exciting, I didn't think this was a great show at all. It was a lame show to me. There's a difference, though, at least in my opinion. I don't think, I would not call this a bad show. I don't think it was a terrible show. At some point with Triple H in charge, we're going to have to change the curve because he's only been in charge now for six months. So, yeah, compared to the Vin shows, these are not, you know, these are much better. But according, you know, compared to other Triple H shows, they're not good, at least in my opinion. I don't watch these shows and think to myself, why are they doing this? This this shit sucks. The booking decisions are awful. There's just really nothing of note happening. Um, I feel like the the build for the Rumble could be better. It's not a lot of excitement for that right now on TV. Um, they haven't even touched the 30-year anniversary of Raw show. They haven't even talked about that at all. And that's happening not this coming Monday, but the Monday after that. What are your thoughts on the current state of Raw and where they're at right now? Yeah, we discussed this before we even recorded. I, I like, I don't, like you said. I don't think they're like necessarily bad shows. But there's like nothing like. I wouldn't be like, hey, you need to like go watch Raw. Like Raw's like a decent show. I think they've like this week specifically. I thought like they had some good matches, but there was nothing like, oh my god, you have to see it. Like there was, there's no like. There just isn't anything like must see. I guess that's how I kind of would like outline it. There's nothing like must see in Raw. I think there's some decent good matches, but like. Even on a storyline standpoint, like, I wouldn't be like, hey, you gotta go see this segment. Like, there, I thought the Donovan Mysterio stuff was pretty funny, but, like, I wouldn't be like, drop what you're doing to see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, like, one thing that's Raw's definitely missing. I think SmackDown's way more must-see and has a lot better content. I don't know if that's just the roster or just, like, what's going on, but um, Raw specifically. This week, they had a ton of matches, but, like I said, there wasn't anything, like, I would say just drop what you're doing and watch. It was nothing must say. No, I thought the show was fine, and they just need to do a better job of making people want to tune in, and they have some decent storylines. Like, I think the Bianca Alexa stuff has been largely okay. and has been pretty decent. Um, Becky and Bailey have had their feud going. Uh, Theory and Rollins I've enjoyed. Hurt Business coming back, stuff like that I've liked. So they just need to do a better job of you know, making people want to tune in weekly and not dragging stuff out for longer than needs to be. I mean, I've, I've said this time and time again about Tony Khan and AEW, but like the Uncle Howdy stuff going on for as long as it has, him showing up to interrupt Alexa Bliss. I know your dad liked it, but I'm thinking they're like, okay, wh- wh- where are we going with this? Like, the fuck are we going with? Wh- wh- what the fuck is going on here? So um, they kind of need to hurry that shit up. But you mentioned Dominic. Honestly, straightforward question here. Is he the best part of Raw right now? Because to me, I think he quickly is becoming that if he isn't already. 
Yeah, his involvement with the Judgment Day has been amazing. I mean, it's better than where it was. I remember we were just like, it was one of the worst segments of the yeah. show. But the stuff on Monday, I was legit like in tears. He said he would, he couldn't make it in jail, and he uh, he did hard time too, which I thought was great. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't make it in jail. Mom had to get him out. <laughs> he had the fucking teardrop in his cheek too, which that was <laughs> fantastic attention to detail. I don't know, he's really clicked as a heel, and I I applaud his improvement. His in ring work, we haven't seen a ton of him in the ring. He's been fine, but the character work is really where he's been entertaining. Um, let's talk about that for a moment because that what was what headlined the show. We had a number one contenders gauntlet match, tag team gauntlet match to crown the new number one contenders for the Raw tag team title specifically. So they said that multiple times. That was not a botch. They said that after the show, during the show, graphics said that. So they were very specific to say the Raw tag team title opportunity was on the line here. Now we had Finn and Damian run the gauntlet. They won the whole thing, although Dominic filled in for Finn at the end. And that leads me to believe that Dominic and Finn are probably going to be the Usos for the Raw Tag Team titles. The heel versus heel match is weird. But it sounds like they're building to Dominic and Damian versus Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Now, Rey and Dominic, to me, is the match to do, because that's the father-son matchup they've been building to for a long time now. Um, At the same time, Bad Bunny has history with Damian Priest from two years ago. He obviously proved he can go. Him in a tag team match sounds good to me. So it is kind of a... I don't know. They have their pros and their respective cons. More eyes are on the matchup if Bad Bunny's involved. So, what are your thoughts on that and uh, the potential of, uh, first of all, them splitting the tag titles again and then that being the Mania match with the tag titles on the line? Yeah, I'm not against it, honestly. I think that, especially with the Universal title, I feel like if they start putting more direction on the tag team division, then they should split them up. I mean, SmackDown doesn't really have too many teams, but Rise, I think Rise is a good amount of, like, especially the Gala match. Like, they had five, like, suitable teams in there. Um, SmackDown definitely needs work, but I think hopefully that's maybe one of the new folks. I think that's pretty much been a focus since Triple H has taken over. I think we'll see that more in 2023 if he's still at the helm, that they do need to form more tag teams and kind of focus on that division more. Just with Raj, maybe even eat up more time. So, um, But no, I, I think them beating the Usos, I think I'm fine with that. They're just going to split the belts. And like I said, if they do Bad Bunny and Ray versus Dominic and 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 priest i think that makes sense i just i think putting him in there gets them definitely more eyes on it dominic's not the greatest in ring so i could see why like him versus ray just one-on-one like i could see like that's probably not gonna sell much i mean yeah it's father versus father he's just not that good in the ring yeah um but also i feel like that could that would be the raw tag team title match and then you can do usos versus Zane and Owens for the SmackDown, and then just take both belts off the Usos. I know they're building up more teams. I, I don't like the fact they might be splitting up the titles. Obviously, the world titles, I completely agree with. I feel like the tag titles, even with Triple H in charge, there's just not enough focus on their tag team division to have two separate set of titles to me. On SmackDown, what is it going to be? The fucking Viking Raiders versus Hit Row? I mean, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of that. I know it's going to be a different story when the Usos lose it, and we're going to have more you know, different matches and whatnot. Um, not only that, but I'm just not a big fan of the Usos losing a title before they lose to Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania. I feel like they should lose the undisputed tag titles to them. At this point, it's probably, that's probably, that'll happen, but it'll be the SmackDown, SmackDown tag team titles. I know that's the longer reign. I get it. Whatever. Um, so at least that's intact. But like... I don't know. It's kind of like with the Kenny Omega thing from a few years ago where I didn't want him losing any of his titles before he lost to Page and the AEW world title. But instead, they had him lose to fucking Christian on on Rampage, the Impact title, and he got pinned one-on-one. That's a little different because I know it's a singles match and Kenny Kenny Omega didn't lose at all, whereas the Usos lose a lot already. I just feel like it takes away from it a little bit because the Owens and Zayn aren't winning the Undisputed Tag Team titles. They're winning just one set of tag titles, which, again, it's fine. I'm okay with that. I just would rather see them lose all their gold at once and then break it up from there. A lot like with Roman Reigns, which is why I was never in favor of Roman losing the WWE title beforehand when he should just lose both belts at the same time and then you break them up from there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could also, I mean, definitely not ideal, but I feel like you could also, like, maybe, like, Sammy, like, accidentally screws them over and that's why they lose the Raw belts and then it kind of furthers a feud with that. Like, so it's like a little bit of feud with them and then it kind of can keep going from there. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I mean, realistically, yeah, I think you'd want them both. You'd want them to lose the belts to Zane and Owens, both belts. But I'm not totally against dropping each half. 
Yeah, no, I just I just think that especially since they've defended the titles as the undisputed tag titles for so long now, why the fuck would Adam Pearce wake up on Monday and say, hey, it's going to be for the Raw tag titles and not both? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know. Hopefully they can clear that up. They probably won't. I think the, I... the story is that he wants to get them off Raw. Because technically, there's probably I think technically they're SmackDown superstars. Oh, okay. Was okay. Did he explain that? I mean, that made, that would make sense. He said that he wanted them off Raw. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. That would make sense then if that's the case. I I, I do like that explanation. Big, but the thing was, he's like, I want you guys off Raw. So if they're not the Raw tag team titles anymore, they'd have to go to SmackDown. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. If that's if I mean, that's theoretically, the I guess like because they're causing a muck on both shows. So at least if you take the Raw belts, so technically they shouldn't be on Raw. Yeah, technically, I know the brand split doesn't matter. Kevin Owens is on both shows every single week. But yeah, theoretically, <laughs> the brand split's in the fucking mud. But, you know, theoretically, that would make sense. All right, if that's the logic, I like that. Um, I still wouldn't do it, but I get it. Um, I don't think that tag team match even needs fucking tag titles on the line. What, are Ray and Dad Bunny going to win the Raw tag team titles like Braun Strowman and Nicholas five years ago? I mean, come on. Good stuff, pal. Oh, stupid. I just think that's dumb. I don't think it needs a fucking title. I mean, Miz and Morrison versus Damien and Bad Bunny didn't have tag titles on the line. I don't think it's necessary. But anyway, uh, we'll see how that plays out going forward. So that was one highlight from Raw. Cody Rhodes, they aired another vignette for him uh, showing his comeback this time. The actual surgery that he had, it wasn't a tendon. I think it was just a bone or something, so it wasn't as bad of a surgery, which means he's coming back sooner. And they wouldn't be airing these videos unless he'll be in the Rumble and they'll announce it ahead of time and he'll probably be on the final Raw before the Rumble or he might just come back in the Rumble itself. That's what they did with Batista. He came back in the Raw before the Rumble in 2014 and then he went on to win the Rumble. Now, this would be a different story because people actually want Cody to win. So, I think he'll end up okay. We got a Brandy Rhodes appearance during the video package. They call her Brandy. Um, obviously, she is a familiar face to WWE fans as she was Eden Styles in WWE. Um... Hopefully they don't put her in the fucking ring. But we did see Brandy Rhodes in the vignette. And uh, I didn't talk about this with you last week. I just, you know, talked to myself as far as like, you know, it makes sense to have him. In my opinion, they can announce him ahead of time. They need star power for this Rumble. I know they just put Rollins, Theory, and Lashley in there. That's not enough. They need fucking main eventers in this match. They don't really have many. Kofi, I'm sorry. I love Kofi. He's not that guy. Um, There's a couple other people that just aren't that guy or that girl or whatever. They need Cody in the match, and they need to announce him ahead of time to get people excited for the match. And it makes sense from a storyline standpoint. It gives me major Triple H vibes from 2002. So I think announcing ahead of time is a good call, but what's your opinion? No, I mean, I feel like, did he officially announce it? I feel like... Not yet. Not yet, but he's on the poster. I mean, he's on the poster. I kind of feel like at that point, he's. I mean, he's not officially announced, but I think next week or next there'll be an announcement before but like I said he's already on the poster so I'm already expecting him to be there yeah no that's what I mean I just like the fact that they're actually probably going to announce him I mean to keep it a surprise it's like alright if we already expected how big of a surprise is it really going to be can't wait for Brandy to win the women's <laughs> could you imagine keep her out of the fucking women's rumble please we, no she's Brandy officer oh god no thanks I'm sure she's as sweet as a uh, sweet as hell person but Keep her out of the ring. Unless she's shown incredible improvement in the year that she's been gone from AEW, I say she, no I thanks heard she to that. Training with the same person Arion once. <laughs> Arion's spot in the Rumble last year I liked because they did the Funkodactyls. Actually, they didn't do the Funkodactyls reunion. No, they didn't. She got eliminated before Naomi. It was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, but they, I mean, they did interact at ringside, but there was no in ring reunion, so it was a little silly. But uh, anyway. Whatever. We'll see. I, I'm, I hope she's not in the Rumble, but, you know, again, that's just me. So that was one thing from Raw. Uh, again, not really much stuff, other stuff really stood out. I mean, to me, Rhea Ripley's got to win the women. She completely killed Candice LeRae on Monday. I feel like she has to win the women's, and I don't even know who else is a second candidate to do it. Um, Like, who else even makes sense? Now that Charlotte's back and she's champion, unless they put Ronda in the Rumble and she wins for the second straight year, which would be ridiculously stupid... No, I mean, Rhea, I feel like Rhea's probably, like, the betting favorite. Um, I mean... <laughs> like, is there anyone uh, even else that comes close? Raquel? Raquel, I would say probably, like, Rhea, Raquel... I don't think Bailey or Becky are winning. Liv, maybe, like, as, like, a long shot. I don't know, I feel like there's not too many... I Not that I don't like that, but, like, I'd rather Rhea win than, like, some stupidness. Like, some someone comes back and wins, but... I, I like you said, there's only three people announced, but I would say either Rio or Raquel would probably make the most sense. But then I don't want to see like Raquel and Charlotte, so 
don't know. It's tough to say, but I would say those two are deaf. I would think would have they're they're they're. I don't think there's any odds. There's three freaking people announcing yeah. the show. But I think it would have those three would those two. I would give Liv like a long shot. It would be like my favorite, I guess, because I don't think anyone else I would even like sniff the. I mean, like you said, I don't think Becky or mm-hmm. or B- Bailey would win it. Like Alexa Bliss, no. Oscar, no. Candice LeRae, no. Carmella, no. Like Dakota Kai, no. Like there's so many people I just don't even think they would even have a chance. It would be those two, and I'd put Liv at a at a long shot. Yeah, and it's at least it's a case this year where it's predictable, I think, with Rhea winning. But it's not a bad predictable, because I feel like she should win. I want her to win. Because you also have two great options, too, where you have two babyface champions that she has unfinished business with. Bianca, we know the history there. With Charlotte, we know the history there. So she can pick either one, and it would make sense. Although I would like to see her face Bianca, because that's what they've been teasing lately. And that's the match I want to see anyway. So. Sasha Banks, she could win it. Hey, Mercedes, Monet, not Monet. I mean, if she came out of the WWE, it should be with Sasha Banks. But, I mean, hey, it's, it's anything's possible. Listen, she wasn't on Dynamite. She's not in AEW quite yet. Anything's right? possible, pal. Anything's possible, pal. Speaking of Dynamite, she was not on the show. Um, I was not whining like a baby that she wasn't there because I never expected her. I mean, listen, I actually did. I, I, I'm sorry. I did expect her to be there. I wrote a whole article about it the other day. I wasn't, <laughs> dis- I wasn't disappointed that she wasn't there. I said it would make sense if she was, because you could have Sheeta attack Tony, and she could be the partner instead. But I liked what they did. I don't think they needed to keep it a mystery for Soraya's... Like, why do they announce the match a month and a half in advance, and then keep it a mystery up until last week? That I don't understand. Britt Baker dropping the boss line also didn't make a lot of sense. That increased people's hopes. I did think she would be there. The fact that she wasn't, though, did not bother me. Because I feel like the fact that she wasn't there, it was still a very good match. She didn't need to be there. They told the story anyway. It was what it was. So, I mean, that was perfectly fine. But overall, I actually thought this was a really good show. Um, The best match on the show, I mean, we had a ladder match main event. That was crazy. I mean, it wasn't really for me personally. But it was a wild spot fest. Thankfully, that's over. Uh, Danielson and Takeshka, I thought, had a really, really good match for the time given. But I thought Moxley and Hangman really stole the show at their awesome opener. No, yeah, I, I literally tweeted out at like midnight because I, I was out at the Celtics last night. I honestly, that was probably my favorite Moxley match uh, so far in AEW. I thought that was a really good match. Um, kept limited the floor, no juice. I mean, it was like an actual wrestling match, so I, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, great for Hangman to win, too. I think that he needed that. Like, Moxley's been really protected as well, so him beating Moxley there was great. So I, I thought it was a really good match. Really protected. I mean, Moxley's only lost in the last four years, I think six times. Um, I know he lost at the Bucks in a tagged match where I think he was pinned, you know, two years ago. He lost the title to Omega. He lost the title, the rematch to Omega. So that's three losses in total there. Um, he lost the MJF at full gear. He lost the Punk and he lost here. So I think those are the six losses he's had in, a- in AEW. I could be wrong. He may have lost another, but I'm pretty sure those are the only losses he's had in the entire company. For the entire time he's been there. Um, so Paige winning here, albeit clean too. The only other person to beat Moxley clean was CM Punk at All Out last year, and that's it. So a good notch in his cap. Um, where would you put Paige next? I'm not really sure where you'd go with him from here. Um, I would. I mean, you could continue the feud, I guess. Revolutions in two months. I'm not really sure what more you'd do with these two. It kind of felt like a decisive win to me where it's like, all right, Paige won. Maybe they could do a rubber match because Moxley won the first one. But I don't even really know if he was to move on, what else he would do at the moment. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like you said, it's tough. I mean, it was a big win, but I guess it's like we always say, it's like what he does next. I mean, he's not going to go after Darby. It really isn't too many other heels for him to go after. So like I said, maybe they can draw it out a little bit longer, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, you know what? MGF would make sense. Maybe they could do that at double or nothing. Because remember, he got his title shot against Moxley, but he only lost because he got hurt. So I mean, maybe they could do it. Uh, maybe they could do him and MGF at, at double or nothing. I know people have said, "Oh, what about Wardlow?" Wardlow's as cold as ice right now. I just don't see that making sense. Maybe down the road, um, Adam Cole's another possibility. We'll talk about him in a moment. But I feel like Page and MGF at Revolution could uh, not Revolution. That's going to be Danielson. But I feel like Page and um, you know MGF at double or nothing could make sense. Yeah, yeah, good. That's a fresh match too. They've only done it one other time for the Dynamite Diamond Ring a few years ago, and that was it. No, yeah, I agree. I think that'd be a big match. I think it'd be a big match for sure. But like I said, Adam Cole's back as well. The other highlight from the show. Um, back after, I think we haven't seen him. I know he and the Undisputed Elite, which is so comical in retrospect, they turned on the Elite. They turned on the Bucks 
a couple of months ago. I want to say in August, I think, late July, August. And then Cole wasn't seen after that. Kyle O'Reilly wasn't seen after that. Bobby Fish wasn't seen on TV after that. He actually got fired. He wasn't renewed. Um, and then the Bucks went on the team with Kenny Omega. So they were going to do the six-man feud, but Fish is gone. O'Reilly got hurt. Cole was hurt. This is going to be Cole's first match back whenever he wrestles since I think Forbidden Door. He got hurt on that show. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here, but he's back as a babyface. I thought that whole segment last night was fantastic. And Cole can be a great babyface, and I feel like to waste that by turning him heel again anytime soon would be a waste. So I hope they keep him in this role. Yeah, I thought it was good to see him come back. Like you said, I'm not sure exactly what you do with him. Um, I mean, it's great to see him as a babyface, but I just really don't know at this point what you do with him. I just feel like there's so many guys that just kind of have no direction. I kind of feel like he might be slated in there. Like, he's a babyface, but like MGF's already taken up. I mean... There really isn't too many other heels that I could like see right off the bat to put him with. Um, I mean, maybe him and Samoa Joe, but I mean, that's kind of just thinking out loud. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's nice to see him back. I know he was hurt, so I guess that's a, that's the one positive I look at. But uh, to slate him anywhere, I, I really wouldn't know where to put him. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's no one obvious feud that stands out. I mean, like I said before, it would have made sense to bring him back to feud with the Elite because that's where he left off, but if they want to tell the story about him being hurt um, and him coming back, which is the route they should take in the story, they should tell. It's like Rollins coming back in 2016 and then being a heel again. That was so fucking dumb. I mean, we were there when he came back and everyone went nuts. People were still going nuts for him up until he officially turned face, but that was months later. They should have turned him face as soon as he came back. Cole is the same thing. He's got a great story. He's been gone for a while. He was getting cheered anyway. I mean, it wasn't like he was... You know, booing, you know, he was shitting on the fans like MJF. He doesn't even do that. So you might as well turn him babyface for now. So I'm happy they did that. Uh, I just don't know exactly where you go, but him and MJF, do you think he could be the one to take the belt from MJF down the road, or would you reserve that spot for a Darby or a Wardlow or someone like that? Nah, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't have him as a champ. I, li- I like him cool a lot. I haven't loved his AEW run. No, I agree. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't take the belt off, off MJF for him. All right, we'll see. It could be a different story. Might be singing a different tune in six months. Probably not, but anything can change. Um, that could be the all-out match. I don't know. Uh, MJF has got his hands full, that's for sure, with all the potential opponents. He's got, like I said, uh, Danielson at Revolution. Double or nothing's up in the air. Maybe Adam Page, maybe Darby, maybe Wardlow. I know Darby's the current TNT champion, but uh, I'm glad they kind of got their mojo back. I really like Dynamite this week. We got new trios champions in the Elite. Wasn't a big, big fan of the match. I know you weren't. Uh, I'm just glad the series is over and we can move on because it's just taking up a lot of time and a lot of the matches are exactly the same to me, but again, whatever. And um, yeah, but I'm glad they have their mojo back. And uh, this is why you need two top companies at the same time because when WWE is not doing super hot and they have shit going on behind the scenes, you can rely on AEW to put on some good shows. When AEW is going to have some shit going on behind the scenes and they're not having a string of great shows, WWE is doing great stuff, so... Obviously, you want them to thrive at the same time, but if one's not doing well, at least you can expect the other one to do, you know, kind of pick up the slack. And we got that the last two weeks. I've enjoyed these shows. They're still on the West Coast next week. These crowds have been white hot, so the crowds have added a lot to my enjoyment of the shows personally. And hopefully next week will be just as good as we head into the uh, end of the winter, you know, spring season Royal Rumble coming up fast approaching, Mr. Marceau. We'll have a lot to say about that next week and the weeks to come here on WrestleRant Radio. New episodes every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Mr. Marceau, brother, great to have you back. First time chatting in the new year. Can't wait to catch it up with you next week, brother. All right, see you later, man. All right, adios, brother.